1: You're listening
0: to the Six Figure Photography Podcast, where we teach you how to grow your photography business. If you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts, check out sixfigurephotography.com. Now, here's your host, Ben Hartley. Hello everyone, my name is Ben Hartley and welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. The purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business. We do this by bringing in creatives, photographers, entrepreneurs, and this is the one I wanna talk about today, entrepreneurs. Other people who are outside of the photography realm and that's actually who we have today. We have today Lauren Powell. Look, Lauren's got her MBA. She helps entrepreneurs. Um, generate, not just generate, but nurture more leads through their website. Her whole focus is on like high impact marketing efforts, like not wasting your time, not wasting your money, spinning your wheels uh, with a bunch of tactics. She's got really clear strategy, again, nurturing, nurturing leads. We're going to talk all about this today. So without further ado, let's talk to Lauren Powell. Lauren Powell, welcome to the SFP Podcast. How are you doing?
1: Oh man, I am so excited to be here today. It's almost a holiday, and uh, i'm I'm here with you. Could it get any better than that?
0: that made me feel so special thank you so much yeah it is so holiday season we're kind of coming out i don't know for you if this is i feel like a lot of people have opposite schedules of photographers so photographers are you know we start to go into this off season you know towards uh you know winter january february that kind of stuff and then like for accountants and other people who deal with money (laughs) it tends to be like a little bit crazier Um, What is it like for you? Is this kind of busy season, off season? Where are you looking?
1: You know what? It's a little bit of both. It tends to be a little busy because everyone's wrapping up their projects for the year with me um, and planning the next year. So that gets hectic. But um, at the same time, I don't take on a ton of new projects right now because I try and (laughs) try and maintain my sanity. Yep.
0: I totally get it. So, okay. As I mentioned in the introduction, you are a marketing strategist. What does that mean? Can you, can you unpack like what you do and how you got into doing all this stuff? Because look, the SFP podcast, like it's in the name, it's like six figure photography. We, We tend to have photographers on the podcast and I get so jazzed, so fired up when we get experts in here. Who know what they're doing? Who are outside of our little bubble, right? Who can come in here and drop some major knowledge bombs on us? We're like, oh, that's cute. How you guys do it? This is cool. this is what we do. No, I, I would love to hear. How did you get into this whole marketing strategy thing?
1: Oh man, L- long story. I'll give you the very short story. Um, I used to live over in Europe. I was working for a medical device company in the marketing and sales department. Um, super old school in terms of marketing, offline. Go to the doctor's office which was typically for what we were selling um in the hospital and then you try and sell your products so i was in charge of this product that is essentially a vacuum for when someone has a heart attack so it sucks the blood clot out anyways huh. would go wait in the hospital for someone to have a heart attack and then try and convince the doctor to ex- not experiment but use my device on that patient so st- high stress i'm i'm I passed out when I got my ears pierced. So you can imagine like blood and all that is not really my thing. Anyways, um, learned a lot from the job, stuck around for three years, uh, but reached a breaking point where I was like, screw this. I cannot do this anymore. Um, anyways, left that job, started working for a marketing agency because I did like the marketing aspect or training with them in London. Um, and then they offered me a job after that. It was a... Very bad offer, and so I decided to come back home to the U.S. and start my own thing, and that's kind of how that all evolved—a series of bad bosses, but really good learning experiences.
0: <laughs> uh, a series of unfortunate events,
1: <laughs> and um, yeah, then I just went out on my own, and it was—I um, went cold turkey, which I know a lot of people don't do it that way because, but because I was kind of moving continents at the same time, it was—I didn't want to start another job and have no time kind of for a side hustle. So sure, yeah.
0: Sure. And it sounds like too, from a responsibility standpoint, obviously you had to provide for yourself and that kind of stuff. I did. It's not like you had, uh, you know, a litter of children, uh, to, <laughs> to maintain.
1: No. Um, so I get that too. No. At the time I was, oh man, how old am I now? I'm 31 now. It was like eight years ago. So, you know, I was in my early twenties. So, and I didn't have a, anything really you know, I didn't have a mortgage I didn't have all of that stuff that adds a lot of pressure when you're trying to start your own business so
0: yeah um, yeah that's the time to jump yeah. that's the time to go all yeah I love it exactly so at the at the marketing agency that you were at you said in London yep. um, what were you primarily doing in terms of marketing or uh, what kind of um, industries were you in
1: yeah who were your clients so right that was actually a training program it was a really cool thing where they basically would bring you on for 4 months and train you in all aspects of online marketing because um, most people were totally new and I was in many ways new. I understood some of the marketing basics, but the online world, as you know, moves at a much different pace. Um, there's, a l- a fast, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of technical aspects. So you were basically doing these rotations in different aspects of um, the business. So SEO, um, pay-per-click advertising, um, I'm trying to think what else we we primarily focused on those two aspects, but we also did some email and affiliate and some other kinds of marketing. But while you were doing that, you were working on real clients. So in big agency, they were working with Bobby Brown, Estee Lauder, Jelly Bean, um, NFL Madden, Superstars, like some really big clients at the time. So it was a really cool way to, One, get some kind of boots on the ground training, but two, also be working on real client work. It wasn't like, you know, those hypothetical case studies that you do when you're in school. So, um, but yeah, no, totally different from kind of what I'm doing now where I work with smaller and medium sized business owners, um, you know, so we didn't work with any photographers. I'll, I'll tell you that <laughs> uh, sure. at that time. But, um, so we were really cool stuff running Facebook ads for NFL Madden superstars, uh, back when Facebook ads were totally new. So kind of, kind of cool stuff.
0: That's awesome. So now you've got your own thing and you kind of started to answer this, but I'm curious now the contrast between sounds like you were doing a much larger business, Mm -hmm. bigger scale. Uh, Again, it was earlier days and things. Now you're small to medium businesses. Do you have any photographers who are you're currently serving right now?
1: Let me think if I'm currently serving any photographers. You know, I don't think I am. I have a sister-in-law who's a photographer and we, um, or sister-in-law to be because I'm engaged and we definitely chat from time to time. Um, I have a lot of people, my audience for photographers, but I'm not currently serving a photographer today. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's awesome. Okay. So what would you say is one of the biggest differences that you decided you were going to make when starting your own thing that you're like, I'm going to start my own thing because I don't see it happening here. And this is what I'm going to lead with. This is going to be my main meaningful difference. It's going to separate me from everyone else, uh, as, as a marketer.
1: Yeah. So I just saw all of these small to medium sized kind of local businesses, someone who had taken the risk to go out on their own and start their own thing, who weren't taking advantage of some of the really low-hanging online fruit because they just didn't know what they should be doing there and it, you know, could make a big difference in their business growth. So I just really wanted to serve those people. I didn't, you know, I saw these big agencies serving big clients, right? Like Estée Lauder, but there wasn't really anything at the time for smaller agents or for smaller businesses. And there was a lack of education. There were people serving, um, you know, some of those smaller businesses, but it was like, Hey, pay me X amount to do SEO for, you know, six months or a year without really understanding what that meant um, Mm -hmm. or what should be involved in that effort and why that ties back to your business results. It was all like people saying you should do this or you should do this, or you should do this without talking about, well, how does this affect my bottom line and what's the return on investment and why really should I be doing this and help me get a better understanding of what this means to me as a business owner.
0: Yeah, and this is so important because- as uh, it's important for a number of reasons. Number one is like what you're doing is you're helping businesses find leads. You're getting leads in the door and and bookings occurring. And so uh, that's like the lifeblood of a business. You need, you need clients, you need Mm -hmm. people knocking at your door. Uh, The pipeline needs to be full. And so as, you know, as this relates to us photographers, man, it's so important because so many of us, you know, we don't have that, that business background. We don't have our MBAs. We don't have our, our, you know, our pastors, we didn't study this. Like we started taking pictures and then somebody paid us, you know, some money. And then a year later, two years later, we now suddenly have a business (laughs) and we kind of look around like, well, how did I get here? This is a thing. Okay. I guess I need to figure this out. If this is going to become sustainable, I need to figure out how do I continually get leads in the door. And so, um, you're, uh, it's, it's just so important what you're up to. Let me ask you a question. Let me turn this on its head for a second. So you did what we did, you know. Uh, you're no different than us as a as a photographer. Uh, we decided one day to announce to the world that we are a wedding photographer or a mm-hmm. portrait photographer, whatever it is, and then we tried to figure out how to get our first client. You also moved here to the United yeah. States, announced to the world that you were going to be a marketing strategist, and then you got your first client. So. How, what did you do? What was one of the first things that you did when you very first opened your doors to get your first clients?
1: Yeah, good question. So my first client, I actually just got by speaking with someone at a friend's birthday party. So um, they were a business owner. They were telling me how they had hired someone to do their website for them, and it was a total mess. And I was like, "Hey, I can help you with that. Like, let's chat." Um, and so later, we talked a little bit about what they were looking for and. But I still have that client today. They're my oldest client. But really, the main thing I did was talk to people and um, you know tell them what I did, and then ask if you know did they know anyone who needed my help, or if they were the right prospect. Asked if they need my help, and it was really more of a initially just a word of mouth thing. The second thing I did was get a website up, but really, that's not when you're just starting out. I I don't necessarily think you need a website. I think you just need to find your audience and start talking to them. And yes, you can do that by putting a website up, but a website isn't the end all be all in terms of generating, generating leads, especially in the beginning.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that word of mouth for a little bit because word of mouth tends to be, I feel like viewed as this kind of passive Mm -hmm. thing that just happens and it tends to be more uh, more long-term uh, kind of strategy. Like, you know, it'll start to kick in year in down the road and churn up business. But for you, you needed clients right off the get-go. It sounds like you took a very active approach yes. to word of mouth where you didn't just wait for it to happen. Yeah. You didn't wait for your brand to age and gain credibility. No. You were like, I'm going to take this word of mouth by the throat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and chase it down. So can you unpack that a little bit more? Cause I feel like it was, you kind of gleaned past it. You're like, yeah, I just kind of talked to some people. Can you, can you give us a little bit more of an idea of what that looked like?
1: Yeah. So I just kind of looked at my own network back home when I moved back to California at the time and was like, okay, who owns a business? Um, Do they know someone who owns a business? And let me reach out to them and, and tell them what I'm doing. So it was more about leveraging my personal network and identifying people there who could either connect me to business owners or who was already a business owner. And it wasn't necessarily that I was... Actively selling them on the first conversation. It was just telling them a little bit about what I do and then asking them a lot of questions about their business. Um, You know, what's working for you right now? And that sort of diagnostic kind of educational approach worked really well for me, but I did really go after who I thought would be a good fit for me. And I identified those people in my personal network. Um, So likewise, if you were a photographer, and let's say, let's not use wedding as an example right now, but let's use something like family photography, um, holiday cards, and that kind of thing. Again, you would just look at your personal network. Who does family? You know, Who sends out holiday cards? Let me just reach out to them and tell them what I'm doing and ask them, For example, what they look for in a holiday card or what they liked about their last holiday card or what they didn't like about it. So, something that's very conversational, much like this podcast, you're not going after it. And, you know, people get a weird idea about sales, especially when you're in a position where you're doing something so creative and it's kind of your, you put your heart and soul into it. You kind of can get this icky feeling about sales and sales isn't. In my opinion sales is just having a conversation with someone who could be a potential buyer and telling them a little bit about you do and finding a little bit about their needs and then if it's a good fit you work together if it's not a good fit then you don't work together but it doesn't have to be this super aggressive strategy or super aggressive tactic.
0: Sure. Yeah. So you talk a lot and I feel like what you're what you're getting at is something that you've kind of developed then Uh, with, um, with what you do, by the way, what is the name of your, um, of your company? Yeah,
1: it's called Bixa Media, B-I-X-A, um, the Bixas. Bixa, awesome. Yeah.
0: So you talk a lot about lead nurturing, um, at Bixa. Mm -hmm. And so let's kind of dive into this whole concept, because I feel like you're kind of touching on it a little bit and I really want to unpack it. You mentioned to me this concept of lead nurturing being as important, if not more, as lead generation can you kind of uh, differentiate between the two lead generation team tends to be the thing that we as photographers are always talking about how do i get leads yeah. uh in the door lead generation right and so you're talking about lead nurturing what is this
1: yeah so lead nurturing is basically staying in touch and staying top of mind with your leads because not everyone is ready to buy right away or as soon as i contact you um and you know just kind of staying in touch with them until they are ready to buy and being top of mind. So it's for lack of a better um, term, I think you have to be doing lead generation and lead nurturing at the same time, right? Because you need leads coming in the door, but you also don't want to let all those leads coming in the door kind of fall to the wayside because you were so focused on bringing more and more leads in the door that you were ignoring all these people who could eventually become become customers and will likely convert more easily if you stay in touch with them than if you're just focused solely on lead generation.
0: Absolutely. And it reminds me too of just the fact that, um, I feel like, uh, once somebody buys from us, we tend to forget mm-hmm. about them. Like once we get their money, uh, like I'm going to be, i I know it's not as cutthroat as this, but I'm just going to, I'm going to describe it in the most cutthroat way possible. Once we get ours, once we get our money, Right. Then we move on. Who's, who's the next person that's going to give us money? I know that's cutthroat and it's not the way we think usually as photographers or as a, a service industry, but that's generally what's happening. It's like, hey, I got my money from you. Next next event, next booking, next gig. And it's, um, it's really time consuming and expensive it is. to find new people. Uh, to um, to sell a brand new product to. Um, and it's far more cost-effective uh, to to continue to serve and service um, the same client, which is what you're talking about here with, yeah. with nurturing, that yeah. correct?
1: Yeah. So nurturing, I think, can go two ways. You can nurture new leads and you can also nurture existing customers, but you hit the nail on the mm-hmm. head. It is far less expensive to get an existing customer to purchase a second time than to get a new lead to purchase the first time. So I think when you're thinking about lead nurturing, you need to think about it from both points of view that you're really serving two audiences, existing customers and um, new leads coming in the door. So, and especially if you're a photographer who um, has other services that can extend beyond, for example, a wedding, um, this is a great way to do that.
0: So let's talk about this. Yeah. Um, let's get super practical here. I know people are listening and we're still kind of high level here, all this nurturing <laughs> stuff. Let's get super practical with this. Yep. So a portrait photographer, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's go, uh, we just had our boys. So we'll kind of go this route. We just had our boys, six months old. Uh, we did some newborn pictures. We're about to hit that six month picture kind of mark. Um, and so uh, for the portrait photographer, what are what are some ways very practically that lead
1: nurturing could look like? Yeah, so... I'm going to talk primarily about lead nurturing through email, but I'll also add in some social. So really you're a portrait photographer. You just shot those newborn photos and you know, six months are coming up. How can you continue to stay in front um, of that client? Let's call it you, Ben. Um, So that when six months come up, they're going to book from you again. So Mm -hmm. really you just want to send over content that's relevant to them. Um, this can be through social media, let's say it's Instagram, or it can be through email, which is a little more personalized. And I like it that I, I prefer to use email or I like to use email layered on top of social. But it could be, you know, every month checking in on you either personally, um, or just sending you um, some photos of another six month shoot you did, um, talking about the behind the scenes and how much that baby grew. Um, here's, the, you know, here's the newborn photos. Here's the six month photos. Um, maybe you send something about pricing or um, a reserve now. You'll get a discount if you reserve your six months now. There's so many different educational things you could send. But if you just remember about where that prospect is at and what the next thing is you want to lead them to, it's really easy to fill in that path with what kind of stuff should you be sending them.
0: Podcast listeners, I apologize for interrupting the interview, but I just, I have to give a shout out to two big supporters of the industry, two big supporters of the SFP podcast. And so I'm going to be brief here. The first is the Giphy booth. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, It is essentially a photo booth, but it is a modern, fresh, uh, new take on a photo booth. It makes animated gifs and photographs. Now here's the deal. I'm a working wedding photographer. I am not a photo booth owner. And I want you guys to understand this. This is perfect. If you are a photographer first, out shooting events, uh, portraiture, that type of thing, this booth is amazing because it requires so little work. Like I've I've had other photos. I still own another photo booth, but the Givey booth is the thing that I love because I just get to set it up in under five minutes. It It's like a it's the size of like a laptop bag, essentially. Um, it automates everything once you're done with an event. Uh, it's such an easy upsell. And one of the great things about it is because it takes so little overhead to actually run uh, an event that I essentially get to pass that savings on to my client. And so I can, I can charge less for it, do more events and remain so much more stress-free. It also has like built-in marketing tools. You guys just need to check it out. It is called the Giphy booth. Go check it out at giphy.com G I F YYY.com, three Y's, G-I-F-Y-Y-Y.com. By the way, use the coupon code SFP2017 for some dope discounts. Maybe just mention my name dude You know, Ben Hartley, SFP2017 uh, is the code uh, to go check this thing out. I own one and I promise you I'm buying another this year as well. Next up on my thank you list is Freedom Edits. You guys, look, the end of the day, you can't grow your business if you are doing everything. It's just a, it's a fact that we all have to face. And to have somebody who's doing the bulk editing, by the way, when I say bulk editing, like I get to still, you get to still choose to edit the photographs that you want to edit, the beautiful portfolio shots, the stunning bridal portraits, whatever it is that you get excited about, please keep editing that. But all of the bulk stuff that slowly kills your soul, please go check out Freedom Edits and have them take care of it because they're going to give you consistent results with personal touch. This is the thing. It's the personal touch, like the entire. Intentional decisions that, that, uh, freedom edits, by the way, in-house editors, not like outsourced in-house editors make, I freaking love because they're actually making intentional creative decisions and not just doing these like robotic choices where you get images back and you're like, why did they expose for that? They should, like, like any normal creative would have understood that there was an off camera flash and, and done this right. Freedom Edits will do it right, you guys. I freaking love them. Go check out Freedom Edits. By the way, uh, it's freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. That's where you need to go. freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free, you guys. Again, just mention my name, Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free. Like, do you want to save a couple days this week? Then go do this right now. freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. Hartley. All right, let's get back to the show. We just took a, uh, an example, um, with, with portrait mm-hmm. photography. I'm going to stick it with a hard one. Are you ready for it? Yes. And, and it's okay if there's not a great answer because yeah. it's a hard one. I'm going to admittingly call it a hard one. So what about with wedding yeah. photography where things feel a little bit more like if they're, you know, Like you get married, (laughs) you do the thing. Uh, uh, There's no like follow up, like in the six months after you're married picture, let's see the follow up year, um, you know, photo shoot. So do you have any recommendations for what lead nurturing could look like here?
1: Yeah. So for wedding photographers, I think you could maybe focus more on. I want to stay in touch with that person because I want them to refer me to other people who are going through the same life event. So um, things that you could send them could be maybe one year later, you could just send a happy anniversary. Um, Maybe three months after the one day and you could just send over um, your favorite shot and a personal note about how much fun it was. Um, You know, there could even be some educational pieces about, you know, what, what life's like after getting married and you would have to kind of tweak it more towards photography, but, um, you know, just something that's relevant to their life stage and what they just went through. Um, and then reminding them of that, how special that moment was that you recreated for them, whether it's through video or through photography, I think just keeping in touch and keeping it personal and focusing on the relationship generally, um, brings goodwill and will help you get that referral.
0: Yeah. And and even as you were talking, I was kind of stewing on this. Uh, absolutely. I think referrals is huge, but also what do you sell? I think that, um, there's, there's a lot of photographers. I'm not sure what the proportion would be. My guess is more than half who only sell digital. Mm -hmm. And to them, this, this ends there at the referral, but for, for the many of us out there who are continuing to serve our client and making sure that they have prints, uh, you know, actual real prints, albums, and, and wall art uh, hanging up on the walls, reminding them of this day, giving their memory back, mm-hmm. uh, bettering their lives daily. I think this is a great opportunity that we have to continue to foster that, to continue to encourage people and remind them that these images shouldn't die on your phone and on the cloud, but they should be experienced and seen. And, and so maybe that'd be another angle too, that you could take in terms of kind of nurturing um, the value that, that prints have.
1: Agreed. Or maybe, um, you know, the one year anniversary gift is uh, a different sort of album that does leverage some of your photos, and then they can send in some of their own from the past year, you know, so there's probably different ways you can take that
0: well, I love that idea of actually um, following up with, with clients instead of just sending them like a Christmas ornament or, or whatever's on Christmas or like a, a print, but like to actually follow up and figure out how can you continue to serve them and incorporate some of their own personal images, mm-hmm. even, even images that you didn't take yeah. into their own album. Um, I think that'd be really cool. And I the, one of the things I love about that, by the way, is that requires some humility. Mm-hmm. I think photographers are probably... I don't know what it is about this group. Maybe it's because it's our artwork um, and it's us. You know, um, it's very personal. But I feel like we're some of the uh, the least humble people when it comes to working <laughs> with other people's images. <laughs> but I love this because it's an exercise in humility and service uh, to even take the crummiest, out of focus, jankiest photographs and and make it into something because it has value to the other person, not because it has value to you, because it has value to them. I love that
1: idea. Well, and remember That's what you great. said earlier. What are you selling? You know, yep. the reason you took the f- the photograph in the first place is because you're selling that special moment and that relationship and capturing that on film. So, you know, just extending that and still incorporating one or two or however many of your photos in the album along with theirs, you're still selling that special moment relationship captured on film. You know, it's the same, yeah, same thing, just you might have to... <laughs> be okay with a shot on an iPhone photo (laughs) that's out of focus.
0: By the way, I would say half of the photographs that are hanging up framed, matted, printed on canvas in my home, are taken from an iPhone, yeah. There you go. Because it's, it's the, like, what's the best camera that you have? It's the one that you have on you, yeah. right? And some of the the best memories that I have of my kids and of my wife and I together, we like all we had. We were just us. We didn't have a photographer following us around, but those photographs and those memories have value, and we have them hanging up. And so our clients are no different, if not more so.
1: Yeah, and if you think about if something's hanging up in someone's home. That's another conversation piece. Oh, who shot that photo? It's gorgeous. Um, or, oh, look at our one year anniversary album book. I mean, it's just another opportunity to get in front of your target audience, which is going to be friends of the people who you shot in the first place. So,
0: yep. I say this time and time again the best piece of marketing collateral that you can have uh, out there in the world is your own client's wedding album. The, like their picture sitting out, it's like the most personalized piece of collateral. It's like sitting out on the on the coffee mm-hmm. table. Um, every time a friend and family member comes in, they open it up and it's your work and it's your images right there on display for every single person with personal stories that go right along with it. Um, it's, I mean, you just can't beat it. So look, let's talk about some, let's keep going practical here. Yeah. Because uh, look, you're not talking to marketers. You're not talking about to content, you know, creators here and and uh, and funnel (laughs) hackers. So you're talking to photographers. And so what does it look like to actually pull this off? Does this mean like writing up emails and sending it out individually? Like, like let's get into some of the tools and processes to, to kind of make this, uh, this type of nurturing occur.
1: Okay. So good, good point. And let's, I'm going to kind of break it down into, um, two different or three different audiences. So first is going to be the a new lead who's just inquired. The second is going to be a lead who's kind of sitting around but hasn't decided to pull the trigger. And then the third's going to be um, your past clients. So we kind of have these three audiences and we're going to serve them in different ways. So there's a few different tools you can use. And let's just kind of go over a few of them before I dive into the nitty gritty. But I think you do need some sort of email marketing service. Um, that could be something like ConvertKit, MailChimp, um, which is free for up to 2,000 subscribers, um, Drip, ActiveCampaign, MailerLite. There's so many different options out there. It doesn't really matter what which one you use, especially in the beginning. You just need something. Um, the reason being is you want to set this up in a way where it's set up one time and you're not actually individually emailing all of those people because that's a lot of work. So we want to make it as yeah.
0: MailChimp uh, probably makes sense yeah. for, for the photography community it probably makes sense because of the, the numbers. Uh, some of them get kind of cost, you know, get a little costly. Um, uh, but you agree, you know, it's, it's a little bit more basic in terms of what it can do, but I think for what we need to do, it would get the job done.
1: Yeah. And so many people make the mistake of thinking, I need the tool that's going to serve me. Psst three years from now when I have 50,000 subscribers or 1,000 subscribers, no, just pick whatever serves you right now. Um, both in terms of budget and in terms of what features you need, you don't need the Rolls Royce right now. You just need, yep. you know, <laughs> the beater that you bought down the street. So not saying yeah, that. I started out on yeah.
0: And then we, we kind of outgrew it. It, it, you know, it no longer sort of needs. And so we're now on, um, convert kit, really enjoy it. Um, but it's probably overkill for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I think you need an email marketing service. Another option that I know a lot of photographers love. Um, and I don't know if you use this at all, Ben, but is Dubsado. Have you heard of this? I have. Okay. So, um, you can do some of this through there. It's not necessarily an email marketing service, but you could manage a lot of your leads and kind of segmenting them through there and sending them through different workflows or what they call it. I think, um, It's great for other reasons in terms of sending proposals and contracts and things like that, but you could kind of piece together some of what they have to do this as well. If you're already on there, if you're not already on there, I'm not sure I would go there just for the, just for the nurturing process, there would be other reasons yeah. to use Dubsado to
0: kind of give to kind of give the photography community a little bit more context to that. Some of you know what Dubsado is. Let me kind of put it, uh, give you some comparison. So um, it's a CRM, so client relationship management software. Very similar, by the way, if you are familiar with Tave yep. or if you're familiar with Seventeen Hats. Shoot Q. Did Shoot Q? Shoot Q might have gone under. I don't know. Shoot Q was another one. I think they were just
1: purchased by someone else, is what happened to them.
0: Were they just purchased? Okay. Is that what it is? Um, So these are a few of the other. uh, Oh, Sprout Studio. Mm -hmm. Um, Sprout is another one that you could use. Um, So there you go, photographers. Dubsado kind of fits into that category. I'm on Tave. I've really enjoyed Tave and it does have a fair amount of automation, but you're right, Lauren. I don't know if I would start with that as like my email um, my
1: email management. No. So anyway, so you have this tool, you have convert kit or excuse me, MailChimp. And basically I think there's a few things you need to do. So first of all, let's think about that new lead that comes in. They've inquired on your website. Um, they filled out your contact form or they've just sent you a private message saying, you know, what are the next steps? So I like to, set up some sort of automated welcome series here, Um, typically about five emails that basically introduces who you are, um, tells kind of the story and the why of your company. But then the rest is focused mainly on educating that prospect, Um, maybe sharing some sort of lesson about what they need to consider when picking a wedding photographer or when picking a portrait photographer, or or, uh, maybe some tips about what to wear, something that allows them to get some quick wins and gives them some empowering knowledge that they then associate that positive experience with you. So it's basically a way of selling yourself without actually selling yourself. Um, And then in that welcome series, I also like to do two other things. One, include a client testimonial. So the prospect can picture themselves um, in what that person's saying. And then two, add some links to okay, here are the next steps to get started. So maybe that's booking a call with you. Maybe that's filling out a form, whatever that looks like for your business. Um, But basically if you break that down over five days and you just have little bite-sized pieces that you're delivering five days, this should kind of nurture all of those leads on autopilot and take them to that next step.
0: Gosh, yeah. I just had, um, it was a conversation. Oh man, I think it was Leanne Golish who her whole podcast, was talking about, you know, there's the phrase you've got to, um, it, it takes money to make money. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how it takes time to make time. And, and so this is one of those things where you it will take a little upfront work to yeah. create, um, these, you know, like you said, these four or five emails to kind of begin, uh, it's going to take that setup of, of building them out. But once you have, once you have that content there, you know, it, it does become automated and to be able to kind of distribute that.
1: Yeah. And imagine you're on a wedding shoot for a whole weekend or you're, um, you know, taking a few days off for Thanksgiving. Um, When those leads are coming through the door, these emails will just automatically get sent out and you're kind of already pushing them towards that next step. And you're not really having to do anything apart from that initial setup. So again, saves time to make time.
0: Love it. That's awesome. All right. So that, that'd be for, for the first, um, example that you gave, is that right? Yep.
1: So for those new leads, just coming in the door, just inquiring with you. So what do we do with those people who've inquired, but haven't taken the next step? So there's a lot of reasons people don't buy from you right away. Um, they might not know, like, or trust you yet. They're totally cold. Uh, you know, there could be a budget issue or maybe they're still early on in the research phase. Like maybe if in the case of their wedding, their wedding's 12 months from now and they're vetting a few different photographers and trying to figure out who's going to be the right fit for them. So what I like to do is recommend to people that they send out ongoing educational and salesy emails. Um, this can be anywhere from as much as four times a month. So one time a week, or it could just be once a month. It doesn't have to be that frequent. And really you're just sending things that are going to add value to your prospects. So this could be, you know, images of your most recent shoot and a little behind the scenes story about, you know, If we're looking at a wedding photographer, maybe it's the couple's story and what was so special to you and what you tried to capture on camera. If you're a newborn photographer, maybe it's a little bit about um, the baby and their birth story. So you can kind of play around with this, but you're really trying to establish a personal connection. And again, just like that welcome series show a little bit about who you are and what it's like to work with you and give them some more wins. You know, what kind of things can you educate people about that are related to photography that add value to your service? Um, so in the case of wedding photography, maybe it's, hey, we should shoot at a certain time of day. Or we found it's best to do the f- photographs right after the ceremony because that's when, you know, you look the best, you haven't been dancing or eating. And, um, it's also when the moment is most special to you, whatever it is, you know, you can kind of figure it out for your own industry, but you will stand out by providing that educational content. Um, and you'll also stay top of mind. So sometimes it can take people up to two years to decide to work with you. In the case of photography, I think it's probably not that long because normally people are looking at you for a specific event of some sort, but, um, not everyone's going to be ready to buy as soon as you submit a proposal, so you want to stay top of mind and kind of keep them thinking. Oh, look how awesome Ben is! He um, he's telling us all this great stuff we would have never have known. Um, you know, look at the shoot he just did with Sally and Joe. It's gorgeous. I want our shoot to look like that. You know, he really captured the moment. Things like that.
0: Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's awesome. And then and then the third one, I love this. I love this. I'm just eating it up. I don't even want to interrupt. Normally I tend to be pretty vocal in the podcast and I like inject a bunch of stuff. Nah, you're doing great. I, I want to hear more. So then the last one.
1: Yes. Okay. Your clients that you just, um, that you just stopped working with, or you just delivered their photographs. So that I think is something you can plan out a little bit based on what what type of photographer you are. So in the case of um, the wedding photography example that we use, where we talked about following up on their one year anniversary and then sending a personal note three months later um, that you may want to do a little more manually, or you may want to set it up as an automation and MailChimp. But I think if you just map out, okay, I just worked with a customer how often do I want to stay in touch with them and what do I want to send? Um, And then you just either mark that down in your calendar, or maybe it's something that's in your CRM if you're going that route, or it's an automation that you set up in MailChimp and you just figure out what can I do to continue to add value afterwards? And when am I going to send that? Is that going to be in a three month timeframe? Is that going to be in a one year timeframe? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, There's a, a service that I've been kind of pretty vocal about lately called Shoot Proof. It's an online uh, proofing service that allows you to, sh- to send your clients their images, right? Mm-hmm. Digitally, they can send them. But then also they can order prints on there as well. So it's a, a, a cart system as well. So um, you can they can order their canvases, prints, 4 by 6s whatever. You get to set it up. But they also have a built-in email campaigns that you can do. There you go. And it's one of the most underutilized features uh, in terms of uh, that I see photography. Just, you know they're just using it to like create beautiful galleries and send clients the images but in terms of you know with this last category we have a client you've already served you know you served um especially for wedding photography to have uh a, you know an actual campaign that that continues to foster and nurture and give them ideas on on decoration and how to use these prints and just kind of to, to kind of drip <laughs> them into their box you can also do really cool things like uh time it out to do like holiday campaigns. Yeah. You know, right now we're we're getting closer to Christmas. And so um you could time it out with the anniversaries. Anyhow, it's really awesome. Um and this is exactly what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. And I think another underutilized kind of thing to do after you've had your um client come through is to automatically gather that testimonial and potentially an online review. Um, I know that can be a really big sales generator for photographers, if you can get those testimonials and reviews. So what I like to do for this is instead of asking straight out for a testimonial, just create a little feedback form that you send people right after, um, right after you've done the shoot, maybe it's a week later or whatever works best for you. And you just say, Hey, I just like to get some feedback on the service I provided. I'm constantly trying to improve my company. Would you mind filling out this brief two-minute form at your convenience. And once you get that feedback in that forum, you can then, if it's positive feedback, reshape it um, and say, hey, thanks so much for all this great feedback. I so appreciate it. Would you mind if I put this on my website and, sh- and give them you know, the testimonial kind of pre-formatted? Or if the feedback's not great, you can kind of use that to start a conversation about how you could have done better. Um, but this you know, testimonials will sell you time and time again. And even if, especially like if you're a wedding photographer and, you know, you're not going to be photographing their newborn, you're not going to be photographing their family pictures for 20 years. You know, this can be a great way to leverage that relationship to help you get more clients.
0: And it also too, um, so we do something similarly, and it also too helps to head off Mm -hmm. the negative review Um, before it happens. And what I mean is this gives them the opportunity to express, to, to be heard and to be known, uh, that maybe there was something that didn't go well, uh, for them to communicate that to you in a way, maybe more privately, it feels a little bit more public, but it it certainly is private. It's just to you right before it goes and it hits Google or hits Facebook or it hits wedding wire. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so I, I absolutely love that. That's look, if there's any nugget to take away, it's like, this is a great one. I love that so much. Lauren, this has been so awesome. i like, I, I want to like, just keep talking. To you. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so much more I want to get into, um, where, where can I find more from you though? Like where are you at online? Where can I just follow you and learn and learn and learn?
1: Yeah. Good question. So you can, um, go to my website, bixamedia.com if you want more information, but actually there, um, I have a free Facebook community. Um, and I give, so many educational tips there. That's probably the best place to keep learning with me. So if you go to bixamedia.com slash community, you can sign up there. Um, And we have a nice group of um, really awesome entrepreneurs from all industries, all walks of life. Um, Almost everyone is either a solopreneur or one to two to three people. So it's definitely um, your audience's jam in terms of like-mindedness. And I think there's so much to gain from cross-pollination across industries because, you know, a lot of stuff that photographers are doing so well, like these beautiful websites with beautiful portfolios and stuff, a lot of other people aren't doing it and vice versa, you know, some of that lead nurturing and stuff that other people are doing. I know photographers um, can be a bit behind the eight ball there, eight ball there. So um, yeah, it's a great place to kind of swap ideas, learn some stuff. And I'd love to have anyone who wants to join there.
0: That's huge. That's such a, that's a, such a great invitation. Thank you so much for opening that up to the audience. I, I like, look for divers, the, the, if you've learned anything from me, it's probably because I've learned it from somebody outside of this industry. I just want you to understand that I'm such a believer in this. And I think that the, the cross pollination, like you said, from other communities, other industries, other experts, uh, you just, you, you, you unpack a lot of really great ideas and and can begin to incorporate them in, in unique ways. So Lauren, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that invitation. Um, and thank you so much for talking uh, and being on the podcast today.
1: This is awesome. It's been uh, really fun. And if I want to give one takeaway to everyone is that nice. this might sound super complicated, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Really. It's just about staying in touch and delivering value. So if you just keep that at the forefront, um, of what you're doing, you'll be, you'll be on point.
0: Give, give, give. Love it. (laughs) Lauren, thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to hop in the community and see you there.
1: Awesome. Have a great day, Ben. You too.
0: Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Look, the tactics, not tactics, the strategies, the intent behind what Lauren is talking about works. It really does. Do not let this one slip by. You guys, I'm on a big push right now. I really have a goal in life. Like my lifetime goal is to create content that boldly gives myself away, that boldly gives of myself towards others. And one of the ways that I want to do that is by really extending the reach, not just in this podcast or on my YouTube channel, but I'm, I'm actually focused up on Insta right now. I haven't been in the past, but I want to invite you guys to hop over to Instagram. If you could, if anything that I've done has ever helped you in any way, shape or form, if have appreciated anything hop over to Instagram and give me a follow it's J Ben Hartley the letter J J Ben Hartley over on Instagram and shoot me a DM let me know that you found me from the podcast shoot me a DM and I'd love to thank you I'd love to chat with you and just say hi you guys we will see you over on the DM on Instagram otherwise on the next episode of the SFP podcast